Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to our next episode of Blurg. Blurg! Today, Jack <laughs> tries a lot of the creative arts. We're discussing Jack the Writer and Jack Tour, which is a take, it's sort of like a portmanteau of Jack and Actor, something that took us about 40 minutes to figure out. So <laughs> we hope you're along for that discovery and for the rest of the things we discuss. Thanks, everyone. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. Welcome to another episode of Blurg. It's our 30 caps. The 30 rock shows. The 30 caps. Today we are reviewing and recapping Jack the Writer, the fourth episode of the first season. Oh my god. It's just like, so... <laughs> it's just so beautiful to see them as just like fledgling little characters without stories, without arcs, without histories. Just like little baby beings that are about to become like the crux of our entire existence. Pretty much. It's so cute in this day. Like, did I know that... Their quotes would be rattling around my head when I can't even remember, like, my dad's birthday? No. No. So, in this episode, Jack, who is a Six Sigma, which you're telling me is, like, an actual thing. An actual thing. And a big deal to everyone that is a Six Sigma. Just like anybody who went to Harvard is a big deal to them, yeah. Yeah. So, he joins Tufer, the resident Harvard guy, in the writer's room because he feels he must be part of every single level of the business which he is now running. Great. I did something similar when I became manager of a <laughs> breakfast restaurant. <laughs> And I did all the roles. I was host, busser, worked in the kitchen, whatever. So Jack and I are the same thing. I don't understand why his suits exist and mine aren't real. How did this turn into a story about you? It just always does, doesn't it? <laughs> ah, I wish I knew. But it's one of my few talents. Thank you. So he's in the writer's room. The writers do not take timely to this. They can't produce any real good content because his forms of innovating um, are very Chris Traeger-esque and that they reduce all productivity to nearly zero. In a different, lesser arc, Tracy and Kenneth um, continue to have a burgeoning relationship where Kenneth Beast is his like personal page assistant slash like Protégé. concubine. <laughs> concubine. <laughs> There were there were a couple moments that were just like very intimately lit, but yes. where you were like, "What's going to happen? Is this?" If you're just watching the show for this time, there could be some hanky panky afoot potentially. You don't know. You never know. So he has his like enchanted moment where he asks the um, animals of New York to go get help, <laughs> and it's a fucking rat <laughs> instead of just like a beautiful songbird. Um, and then he goes on these, you know, wild adventures with Tracy, who has a standout episode. This is basically like poor Richard's almanac, except instead of Benjamin Franklin, it's Tracy Jordan. And he just gives so many fucking aphorisms to live by. It is just quote after quote. Of live like, every week like it's shirt week. Then there's the, um, what is, what's the secret of having a good marriage? <laughs> be a good listener. Be a Give giver of gifts. Work that for JJ. Yes. Um, he's just like. So good. Everything is just perfect. And then what happens? And then the episode ends. <laughs> so, almost. So, they kick Jack out of the writer's room. All the writers are like, Liz, get rid of him. This is terrible. We can't stand it. He's ruining us. 
And so she has to tell him he's out and she does it in a terrible way. And then he pouts and hides from her until Jonathan comes and says, you need to go apologize, which she does. And uh, he's like, that's fine. It's great. <laughs> and so they've decided to become friendly, right? Because they're going to take their relationship to the next level. And then um, in the beginning of the episode, they were having a one minute dance party to Chameleon Air. Chameleon Air features more in this show than he's been featured in any part of American Zeitgeist since then. I think that a one-minute dance party is a really good idea, period. Like, yeah. at any time, I think we should just be like, one-minute dance break, just put on some music, and go for it. Should we do that right now? Because I have a lot of songs. Oh, God, is it going to be a song I like? It never is. Let's go for a 15-second dance break. Hit play. Go. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, was I supposed to play a song and not just come up with a song? <laughs> well, we already sang the intro, but I mean, I think you can only pay, play 10 to 15 seconds of a song before you have to pay for the right. Oh, is that true? Ah, oh, that's so much pressure. I did just play Ashley Simpson's La La, which is just an exceptional bop. Let's While see. you're looking at that, um, so, 15 second dance break, watch the time. Go to the home. Oh, 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 waiting till the end of that eight count regardless of how much this costs Emma so they're having the dance to Chameleonaire and then to be like a friendly person to Liz Jack gives her tickets to a Chameleonaire concert VIP and backstage and all that stuff super exciting and there's a big difference between friendly and friends I feel like you and I are friendly to a lot of people but aren't friends with a lot of people I feel like Emma is friends with a lot of people every story is a story about me <laughs> that's a new song we need we don't have to pay for the rights to that Every story is a story about me. All right, listen here, man. Show up so often. So anyway, at the end, she's feeling like they're friends again, and he's talking to business people, and she goes out, like, what's up, buddy? Can't we go out on the porch? Like, we just want to eat outside, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. Please don't, please don't be mad at me, but I have to do it. And he just rips her to shreds. And then she's like, they were friends. He's like, I said friendly. And then he's like, go easy on the pizza, which I just love. That pizza looked delicious, though. That pizza looked like the whatever they make in Aristocats that looks amazing. It looked equally delicious. Yeah, it looks real fucking good, man. If you ever just want to get, like, horny for food, watch a cartoon made for kids about cats. Anyway, so, excellent episode. Totally. So, uh, you and I are talking about how much we love... All the background jokes, like the, the forefront jokes, are amazing. But but there are so many fucking layers to the show. It's when they're calling really them to the stage, which is just hilarious. My favorite one being Ghostface Killa and Yo Yo Ma <laughs> to the stage from Rough and Top. Like that's hilarious. The scene with Jenna and um, Pete when she's like, "I wanted you Muffin Top." And that's he's like, not okay. this episode. Oh, shit, isn't it? <laughs> that is next episode. Jenna is not in this episode. Why are you saying this to me? You're right. Fuck. Can you cut all that out? Uh-huh. Okay. So anyway, in this one, they talk about commercial parodies that they're working on. Do you remember those? Yes. Which ones do you remember? Well, I remember they were coming up for different <laughs> names for cereals. Right. So Honey Bunches of Sadness. Swastikos. My favorite. Fruit, Fruit Lupus. Lupus. <laughs> <laughs> fart Nuggets. And then Jack starts laughing. And Fart Nuggets. Which, like, Michelle Visage and I do not have a lot in common, but both of us hate fart jokes. But they're all like just, you know, free balling ideas and then Fart Nuggets comes and Jack really laughs at it and then they keep going. They're like, give us some more, give us some more lucky bastards. 
He's like, Dingleberries. Think, He's like, I think we all, I think we all laughed at fart nuggets. So moving on. Which is any non-creative entering a creative space, which just like, here's something that I enjoy and the rest of the world revolves around my opinion and especially concentrated when it's a white male who just assumes that he is the world because the world has told him that he is the center of the universe. But much like this is not a heliocentric, it is a heliocentric solar system. Where was I going? Well, oh, it's so tough to say. <laughs> Anyway, this is a heliocentric solar system, not a not a white man in the center solar system. What a catchphrase. <laughs> anyway, so it's just like, it's wild. And he tries to innovate this entire creative process by doing increasingly absurd things. Like, first of all, probably just Googling humor. And yes, then he did. happening upon the Dilbert comic. <laughs> Can we do that? What? Dilbert. Dilbert. <laughs> and then let's think of the catchphrase first and then work backward from it. Which, like, beep, beep, ribby, ribby. It does end up coming back. Uh, quite frequently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tried to find out how many times, but I couldn't. And then nuts to you, McGillicuddy. And who ordered the wieners? And then beep, beep, ribby, Me. ribby. Because like, I so often will do kamikaze DoorDash, <laughs> where suddenly we'll be wrapping up a podcast, and suddenly DoorDash will be here with meals for all of us. Once. That's happened once. I it was... I, I want to do it more times. often, but... One time. <laughs> it was, that was good, though. It was good. I don't understand why you're shooting on it. Ding. Good for you. Thank you. So then we have Siri getting more and more naked throughout the episode. I do love how she's being used as a plot device to advance time with each additional outfit she's wearing, which, like, not only are slutty, are also quite avant-garde and fashionable. When she's like, (laughs) Liz says to her, you need to wear a bra. And she goes, no, I don't. Look, (laughs) she's bounce up and down. I die. Because it's so unexpected. And it's such a weird conversation because you are you're on Liz's side the whole time, but you're like, well, why is it making you uncomfortable? Yeah, if it's distracting the other people, but it really is making her uncomfortable. But when she shows up in that like shearling wrap and she's just wearing underwear, and then she's like, look, I'm wearing a bra, and it's totally see through outfit. Oh my god, love her. I think I loved the one where she comes in and it looks like she's wearing a respectable ensemble, yes. but then she takes off the. <laughs> green plaid thing and did you notice that her name tag is clipped to her shoes because there's no place on her clothing he's like that was a jacket (laughs) she's like i have to talk to her he's like please don't it's the only thing i have look how bald i am look at my life please let me have this uh he just you know his life just consists of fighting off kevin this is the most it's so weird like he's very strong it's so weird where they're um where we see all these parts that are just not pursued at all for the series. Like, maybe we'll talk about Pete's family or we'll go into that backstory. Oh my maybe... God. When he has sex with his wife and whatever episode that is. And she oh my God. That is horrific. That is haunting. Oh my God. <laughs> what is it? Paula Dell plays his. Yes. Oh my God. Is and it Paula Dell or Paula Pell? Paula Pell. Paula Pell. Yes. She's hilarious. Huh? Paula? Paula Pell? Paula? Paula? Um, yeah, it's. That's not a great part. But to make Siri. <laughs> Siri. Siri, sorry. It's not fucking Apple. Although, her we're looking for is, sponsors. Her last name is Xerox. Did you know that? Was it really? Yeah, that's her Her name on the show is Siri Xerox. Xerox. Yeah. Uh, but to make her like lovable and endearing when it's like this tiny little blonde fluff chick, it's amazing. Like, I love her. Yeah. I'm not annoyed by her. I think she's Well, she's adorable. just like super nonchalant and she was just like endearingly uh, asking Liz, you know, is it because you have, like, body issues? Because you look great. It's just, like, she's so unaware of the impact that she could she's be like, having. what did you dress like before you were married? She's like, we have, like, three kids, right? Because yeah. sometimes you have, like, food on your clothes. She's like, bye. Yeah. 
She's great. Where's where we establish the Liz Lemon character as someone who's super self-effacing, but also very much a white savior, as we'll learn in the next episode. Which she calls herself. Yeah. Um, we have to focus on Kenneth because I am. I don't. I hope that Jack McBrayer is Kenneth. I just love him so much, and I've only ever seen him be that person in anything he's in. So I just love it. Um, but when he goes to pick up whatever that fish is, is it a piranha or a barracuda or what does he go It looks kind of like a puffer fish, like mm-hmm. an exotic puffer fish. But he says, as he goes into the back alley of whatever that place is, he says, I get very nervous and I start asking questions. He's like, oh good, air conditioning. He's like, what does that tattoo mean? Do you have a bathroom I could use? Y'all should I have long fingernails? Do y'all rent this space or own it? That's a strange looking fish. Is that a grapefruit night? Do y'all have a cell phone? What plane are you on? <laughs> I love Kenneth Parcell. Kenneth Ellen Parcell makes me happy. Is he your favorite character? I know that's super tough. It's like choosing your kids, but harder. Until we get to the year when he is with... He's a lesser name. That's a rough time. That is a rough time for all of us. And I love her, but I don't love that character. No, no, no. I love Kristen Schaal. Yes. But I do not love... Louise from Bob's Burgers. Exactly. That character is not good. and It doesn't... doesn't. Well, it's interesting because like... Um, Kenneth speaks Chinese for the first time in the series, which he will do in a later episode um, around the 2008 Olympics. Oh. Yeah. Well, then when they little, go to... Little, little trivia there for you. Liz's high school reunion, and it's all been taken over by people from... Is it Koreatown? It's, I think it's Little Hanoi. Little Hanoi, Vietnam. you're so right. Oh, my God. Little, it's like... Wow. They call to set Jenna to the set, please. Who wants to eat a dictionary? That's a good one. <laughs> or a homophobic Hague is what my subtitle says. I believe says. it's homophobic gaze, which makes a lot more it sense. It locks, makes a lot more sense because the Hague is like the criminal court of Europe. Oh my God. And then I'm sorry, I forgot at the end when she and the blonde girl who I like a lot and say her name wrong. Sari. They decide to switch outfits and she puts her in the dirty diva outfit. <laughs> the one shoulder like jersey dress. And they're all like, oh, you're turning me gay, Liz. Like, you made me throw my mouth. She's like, it was a joke. And uh, Frank's hats. I mean, I wonder who's in charge of those. This episode, we've got a ninja expert. I have to assume that he makes them all himself. Because that was his bit before was coming onto the show. Yeah. Fantastic. That's yeah. a fun carryover. Isn't mm-hmm. This episode, he's got ninja expert, arcade champ, and Bigfoot expert. <laughs> I never find his hats to be that funny. Never. Honestly, so out of all of those, if I had to fuck Mary kill those, I'd just kill them all. Mm. Oh, I'm not going to fuck a hat. <laughs> You might. I don't know. I mean, quarantine's like a little rough, but it's not that rough. There's still other ways. Sorry, I was late. I was at Ann Coulter's 60th birthday. Oh, that was like, such a like funny one. They're throwaway line. jokes that are so. Funny. Yeah. Was so that this funny. episode? Yes. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> and then she, she, she tells Jack she can't, he can't come in the writers' room anymore, and she's like, "Don't worry, I'll just continue to teach improv to senior citizens," <laughs> which sounds really. Um, what was your <laughs> favorite Tracy Maxim of the episode? Because we had so many. It wasn't just like, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. It was dress every day like you're going to get murdered in oh, those yes, clothes. Oh, forgot, yes. Live every week like it's Shark Week. I mean, it, That's a great carryover. And that's such an eminently quotable one. Is this the one where his wife is there at the end, but it's not Sherry Shepard? Yes! Oh my god, who the fuck is that? No clue. It was like, hey Angie, here's a... It's like, that is not Angie. Not even close to Angie. So, great episode. How many gemstones? What do you think? I mean, this is season one, which you're thinking is lacking, right? As compared to, like, seasons to come. Yeah. I mean, I... This is, like, high-ranking episode. Amen. Which, let's write our numbers down separately and not tell each other. Okay. Good job, guys. I'm going to do one on my hand. <laughs> Since Nick can't be trusted, he's not just ride off my number. Sorry, Anna. 
Okay. Or if you're on three, are you ready? One, two, three. 87. 90. Mm-hmm. Wow! <laughs> we're so Wow, good. you just turned into the little old man kind of like bingo at the place. You're like, wow! Wow! B9, amazing! Before and after. Bingo. Amazing. <laughs> that sounds like Pandora Boxes. Carol Channing. So I'm always doing Nick Kroll from the Nick Kroll show. Is that what you're always doing? Always. When I'm doing that voice because doing he does publicity yeah. with, um, what's her face from Marcel the show? And, um, Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate. They're both named Liz and they run a publicity firm called Publicity. Yeah. It's named after their memes. Um, and then at one point she gets bangs. And since, <laughs> I, since I've got bangs, I always go, oh. Which. I got bangs. In my head, I always conflate with. The drag queen Alexis... Mateo? Mateo. Yeah. Michelle? She Alexis. No, Alexis Mateo. Uh, From season three. And she's just like, bam! 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 Only in America could have a woman like me have a freaking chorizo! (laughs) Sickening, no! Oh, that was a good one. Sickening, no! So I always... One more time for the people in the Sickening, no! (laughs) So... So I always conflate bam with bangs. Ah. And so I always think she's saying, bangs, bangs, bangs. And even if you were on the moon. <laughs> I can't even get my voice up that high if I try. Sickening, no. Sickening, no. Sickening, no. Sickening, no. All right, reel back in. Okay, sorry. You want to know another key to success? I do, Mr. Jordan. Dress every day like you're going to get murdered in those clothes. Next episode? I will say, one fact that I uncovered during this, the director was Gail Mancuso. Oh. She has directed several episodes of Gilmore Girls. She was the original director. Like She's the person who was the original director of Gilmore Girls, so she set up how everything was going to look. All the character studies, yeah. So it makes a lot of sense because we first bonded on Gilmore Girls are now here. Oh, we were on the set. During, you were playing, um, what's his name? Who's the guy with the third nipple? Chandler. No. <laughs> oh, Kirk. You were Kirk and I was Suki, I guess. I yeah. Yeah. Um, you'd be a great Suki. Um, she also directed the episode The Head and the Hair <gasps> of Third Rock, which is one of my favorites. I don't know his name, but he's married to Marcia Hardy-Kitay. And he also stars in Younger. Not everybody's perfect. Do you know what <laughs> director Gail Mancuso also directed an episode of? Better Off Ted. <laughs> ya da 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 It's almost as if all of those things are equally amazing. Except that nobody gives a shit about Better Off Ted or Younger except you. We're going to find out. I've never even heard of Better Off Ted until you told me about it. Come too soon. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on to episode five of season one called Jektor. Which I literally thought was like a take on Reptar for the longest time. What's Reptar? From the Rugrats. Oh boy. The dinosaur? Is this the Arthur moment again when you guys are talking about Cartoon Aardvark and I'm talking about a Dudley Moore movie? No, it's um... Would you like to do the recap on this episode or would you like me to read it? I would love for you to do it. I'm just going to read it then. Okay. So Jack wants to integrate product placement into TGS. But this idea is not very welcome by the staff. Liz suspects that Tracy is not able to read since he never says it on the key card, nor has anyone ever seen him read anything. 
When Liz confronts him about his suspicion, Tracy <laughs> pretends to be illiterate. Do you want me to read it? No. Frank and Tufer talk Jenna into the idea that an actor is getting fired from the show, and her fears seem to get confirmed when Jack wants to appear on the show, and Jenna sees her only chance not to get fired by using her sexuality. Jack's appearance on the show doesn't seem to be a good idea, because Jack blows up all his lines and also doesn't know how to act in front of the camera. Really good episode. Sorry, I was turning pages while you were reciting it. And so they want in the show, they want positive mentions, also known pause as Pos I was thinking that that could be the title of our podcast. Because oh. we're positive men. <laughs> of men? Yeah, no, men suck. That's fair. Um, I, my laugh. My biggest laugh of the episode came very early when <laughs> they have the Snapple product placement. She's like, I would never. I've got dignity. I don't know why she became a Southern Belle. Like, Tara. Um, and she's, like, reading about how Holland or whatever has the only official country dog. dog. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, yeah, there's, there's little facts under there. I don't know. Something about that line fucking killed me. I love super subtle improv lines, and that one just, like, Tickled my, my little billy goat. <laughs> I felt a little tickle on my billy goat. I do love that they were fighting against product integration and then they were doing it at the same time. It's, it's so, so smart. It's so funny. Because, like, we're not at the point where they're breaking the fourth wall. They're just sort of, like, adjacent to the fourth wall. Jack broke it a little bit. Sari does, either, in one of these two episodes. Well, Jack... It's in the Snapple. She looks and says, I would never marry anybody who doesn't do that. Snapple. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It was full broken. And they were like, You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. And then he looks straight in the camera. <laughs> He's like, No, I want to. When but I'm he not. can't figure out how to walk, and instead of doing opposite arm and opposite leg, he's doing the same arm as like walking. That's fucking hilarious. And I feel like most of that was improv. Can I put two coffee cups? I need a coffee cup in each. This hand. just feels so much more better. natural. And I do the same thing with Miller High Lifes. Oh my god, he cracked me up. I just love how much Jonathan loves him. It makes me love Jack because in these, this first year, Jack is not the Jack Donahue that we fall in love with yeah. for me. Um, but Jonathan's. No. He fired Pete on the first day. Jonathan's love of him is fantastic. Just let me show you the clips and they're watching it, laughing at him, sucking, and then they're all like, oh shit. And then he's like, that's, that's, those five days really flew by, didn't they? They're like, no. No, that was that was hell. That was absolute hell. It was fucking hilarious, though. What was your favorite improvised Jack non sequitur? I don't know. What was yours? <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's such a broad stroke question. Um, mine was. It was just like I can't like I can't focus. There's a fucking pigeon out there. There's just the fucking pigeon. Ah, uh, that could. Oh no, no, it was the one who was like, "This pen doesn't write. Does that matter?" Yes, uh- <laughs> His delivery of all those lines, I mean, deadpan and just amazing. Yeah. Now, this is this the episode with my favorite background call to stage, which is Ghostface Killer and Yo-Yo Ma for Muffin Top. Hilarious. And Muffin Top, much like all gay classics, is number one in Israel and number four <laughs> in Belgium. If you look at the top ten in Belgium at any given time, it's just the gayest thing ever. Belgium is, like, the gayest country in the world. Wow. I don't know if it comes from the, the Walloon or the Flemish portion, but they both work in that harmony. That was a major eye roll right there. From Nick, not me. Um, but Jenna is so beaten down and so used to being beaten down that when Pete is saying, yes, you can do it, and she's like, but I said! He's it like, is I weird. said you could do it. I know. It is weird in the initial episodes because Jenna isn't 
like a recurring character. As she's like a recurring character, she's not like a main staple yet. Which I am fine with. I know you fucking hate Jane Krakowski, but like no one appreciates that. You don't like her acting. That's who she is as a person. She also performed Muffin Top at Tina Fey's Kennedy Center Honors. What's the song she sings on roller skates when she's big? That's not Muffin Top. No. Anyway, we'll figure it out later. We'll I don't, it's, not a, it's not a real song. She doesn't really sing a song. It's just like, do, 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 She doesn't get to sing the song. She just says, like, it has the intro music with some, you know, shingles. Not shingles. That's like herpes zoster gone crazy. What? But... The little windmills, not windmills, chimes. Wind chimes. Wind chimes. Wow. That was a full lap around the mental institution before I made a for that one. Uh. <laughs> well, no, they wouldn't let us go. You'd have to have, like, key card security to go, like, a full lap. You were only allowed in, like, designated zones that was at a designated times. Cut that out, please. That was terrible. My apologies. You're fine. No, I'm kidding. No. Yours is a low blow? Yes. No, it's fine. This is just how we play. No, not yours. yours. This is just how we... No, no, yours was amazing, too. This is just you how we play. You use your sexuality. I use my terrible thing. My sexuality. My sensuality. When, when doesn't that work? When hasn't it worked? Every single time. And it doesn't work this time. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Because she ends up having sex with an actor. Not an actor. An extra. Right, with no lines. Extras are not actors. They're just people. And people don't matter. Actors matter. And did you notice who yells at Ron to get away from the craft services table? It's our first sighting of Donald Glover. Because he was a writer on the show and he was uh, on the show. For yeah, a little yeah, bit. yeah. I did oh, not I recognize him. Yes, it when you go back, <laughs> you go back and yell at him. He's like, Ron, I told you not to get off the craft services table. And you're like, Is that Donald Glover? <laughs> yes, it is. So then they think that Tracy Jordan might be illiterate. Sure. Which he just decides to use as a way to get out of doing what he doesn't want to do. Yeah. And this is like a constant trope that we see with Liz Lemon is that she is sort of like the worst aspects of a white feminist where she takes some factoid that she read cursorily and didn't actually retain about the Sudan and reading rates about inner cities and just like yes. heavy handedly applies it to this particular moment where she's saving a minority because she's super woke and aware. Um, but manages to do it in a way that's pretty endearing. I don't know. Maybe I'm part of the problem with that. I think this is just like, <laughs> like a fun on the nose way of calling it out while also making it a joke. But she assumes that Tracy can't read <laughs> based on some pretty strong empirical evidence. Yes. Um, it must be said. Um, and then Tracy seeing this just like sympathetic white bitch who's just like patting herself on the back for being super cool and woke about everything decides to take advantage of it as he well should and it's just like cool well i'm gonna need to see my tutor i'll be in late tomorrow i'm that's great you'll give me special accommodations super i can't read <laughs> i'm illiterate i'm illiterate the look that she gives like herself when tracy gets on the elevator and she's just like so fucking proud of herself I'm the white savior. but later on when pete's like we can all agree that Liz is pretty much racist. (laughs) It's like in the first episode where she's giving out all these hot dogs to people and she thinks she's doing such a good deed and no one fucking cares. Even the homeless people are like throwing it out. (laughs) Throwing it at her. And at her. Which she deserves. Ah. She really does make herself, you know, unlovable in a super endearing way. Yeah, it's great. It's not normal. Men would not do that. No offense. I mean... How much of a man am I? <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. My God. And then why do we need Jenna talking to Pete about which moaning she can do for the 
census at the end. Yeah. Or not the census, the censor. I was like, I mean, census is important in 2020. We're all in a void. The censor doesn't want her, one of her moans is unacceptable. It's like, I don't know, this one. Oh my God, it's very strange. I know. It reminded me of the uh, porn video game where she was just like, touch your knees with my leg, but, ah, ah, and now let's record. Yes. So all of it was. We need to travel into the future. There. I'm sorry. I just like I love the show so much. So we forgot to bring up that Tufer and Frank decide to mess with Jenna. The first iteration of the Pranksmen. Oh, the Pranksters. The prank. Is that the Prankmen? Prank. Is it the Pranks? I think it's a. It's the Teamsters and the Prankmen. Oh, okay, great. The Pranksmen. I trust you. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the Merry Pranksters, right? Anyway. Yeah. So they're trying like to Verdukianism. Her. Oh, Verdukianism. John McEnany. <laughs> one of the movies. Um, that, uh, what were you just saying? Mary Oh, that they're, Jack's going to fire an actor, and so Jenna ends up sleeping with Ron, which is disgusting. The, the uh, extra with no lines. And then at the end, she tries to get them back, and so she goes to Twofer and is like, you know, I don't have sex with you. And he's like, I know that you know we mess with you, and now you're trying to get me naked on the roof. And then at the very end, Frank is naked <laughs> outside of Jack's office with a plant that I'm sure he used sun tea to grow. And he's like, let me in, Jack. And he's like, what? Good God, lemon. And it's our first good God, lemon. Is it our first good God, lemon? Maybe uh, not. It's one of the most... We're episode five. Maybe there was one more for that. No, no, no. This feels like, this feels like a significant moment. Yeah. Our first good God lemon. I think that's all I have. This was not my favorite episode in the history of the world. No, I mean, the first season is hit or miss. Yeah. Because there's still, I mean, like most first seasons, it's not ideal. You're still finding your footing. You're still determining which characters are actually going to pursue and which characters are dead weight. And, <laughs> well, you have to make, a, it's Hollywood, baby. You gotta make cuts. You gotta make cuts. Just think, like when you cut everything I say out. <laughs> Do you think you can give us the... Time when you used your sexuality. <laughs> so, I don't think, I mean, I never said I was a role model. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't really think I have. Like, my sexuality is very much based on me, like, making self-deprecating jokes about myself, a la Liz Lemon, because most of my personality is just, like, different TV shows that I've just, like, amalgamated into who I am as a person. Um, what would your sexuality look like if you were trying to use it as a tool? In what public? color is your sexuality? Uh, I don't know. Like a... Is it just like eyebrows? Yeah, I don't know. I like. I pretty much just make jokes constantly. Like even during sex, like I'll just make jokes because it's like, it's it's like. I mean, it's. It's weird, and it's, especially when you're, like, doing it for the first time, which, like, I'm mostly just doing it for the first time with someone and then moving on. So it's, like, a little awkward and a little weird, and so you, like, make jokes about it, and I think that's the crux of my... I don't know. I feel like, much like Tina Fey said in one of her acceptance speeches for one of the many awards that she's won for this brilliant show, my parents raised me with a confidence disproportionate to my looks and abilities, and that's how I feel. Like, I do not deserve to have any of this self-confidence, and a lot of it is fake, but... That's probably my sexuality. sexuality. It's just, yeah, it's just like being ridiculous and not giving a shit, but also secretly giving a lot of shits. <laughs> That's me. That's Come on, boys. Um, I did forget that there was a scene when um, 
Tracy, and they're talking about him being illiterate, and he says, I signed my name with an X. Which reminded me, did you guys ever see when Justin Timberlake played Jessica Simpson? And then... No. Um, this is back from the newlywed days. So on SNL, Justin Timberlake's playing Jessica Simpson, and Jimmy Fallon is playing Nick Lachey. And they're talking about how stupid she is. Do you remember the chicken of the sea comment? Yes. Nick, do you remember that? Yeah. So Tracy says, like, I sign my things with an X. Yeah. I always remember Justin Timberlake being like, and I sign my name with an X. I just love it. He's hilarious. Justin Timberlake? Yeah. Yes. He's kind of a dick, though, right? I mean, not to me lately, but I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, same. I just think that he handled the whole Britney Spears thing poorly. I Which think I, I think all of it. She cheated they, on him with Wade Robson. Who? His choreographer, Wade Robson. Their choreographer. Well, it's probably because he had a small penis and she wasn't satisfied. She Is that not an excuse? Sure. <laughs> yes. For murder, tiger cats, whatever. Yes. A sin is a sin. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same. That that damn Justin Timberlake on those Saturday Night Live episodes is real funny. Yeah, he's real funny. No. he's really good. Uh-huh. I know. I mean, he's no Liz Lemon, but no, and he's no Alec Baldwin. But all right, Nick. Any? Uh, what's your gemstone reading of this episode? Um, we're gonna write it down, right? Oh, oh. <laughs> I want to go lower than I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> On three. One, two, three, six, eighty-four. Wow! In the oeuvre of episodes I'll watch again, like when I'm in a mood and I need to see something, this is never on my I'm not going to lie to you. All of my 30 rocks are going to be between 80 and 100. That's great. I will never look up this episode. There's not a moment in it where I'm like, oh, I want to see Muffin Top. I No, I love Muffin Top so much. My muffin, muffin top is all that whole grain low fat. I know you want a piece of that, but I'm just here to dance. Checking out my smooth lips, my sugar-coated berry hips. I know you want a piece of this, but I'm just here to dance. Back up off me, you're weirding me out. I'm an independent lady, so do not try to save me. It just goes on and on and on. It's amazing. Her boobs are distracting. I'm afraid they're going to fall out, even though I know they're not going to. I just don't like them. But they don't stay up like Cerise on their own. <laughs> you need to wear a bra. No, I don't. I don't actually, on their own. Look. Yeah. They sort of stay up on their own. That's how I feel about mine. So I think I need it to be one that I'm going to reach for, you know. Sure. Like the head and the hair. Oh, that's such a good one. And the doctor. The episodes with John Hamm are the best for me. Yeah. You know, the Tammy episodes from Parks and Rec, it's not up there. Like, yeah. it's not on my rewatch list. But. No. I mean, I'm going to rate all of them pretty highly. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, I have a little discernment, and you have a nicer heart than I do, so. Um, it's true. No. You have a great heart and great boobs. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Have you ever seen them? In this moment, I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt, a long sleeve shirt, a sweater, a fuzzy, and a scarf. When are you not? Exactly. So what do you know what's going on down here in these bags of sand? They might be in my blower pockets. I'm picking up. I know that the true sexuality of a woman... You notice how no one asks about my sexuality. Do you want me to... I don't. Okay. Um, I want to play Pyramid. Oh, anytime. We can do it. We can do it right after this episode. We can do it, we can do it right now. Let's talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give to you first. I'll try the bottom. Nick has lost both shoes and socks this episode. I know. 
Are you notice that my socks are still floral, though. There always has to be a floral. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm playing the card of Betty White, your son, Lee. Okay. Here we go. All right, Dick Clark. Dick Clark. There has to be, like, a game for this, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, you do this when you're cutting down a tree, and you want to make it into... You use a... Firewood. Jig, a jig. Saw. Yes. A white bird. Dove. Yes. Move along, people. Or just better than them. Oh, I'm wearing a... Scarf. Always. <laughs> a blank or tree. Trick. Yes. What'd you pick up on the... Okay, um, a blank link fence. Chain. Yes. Oh, a magician says this. Abracadabra. Yes. We got more than they did. Okay, you're gonna give. Wow. Because they, they didn't get done. Ready? Yeah. Oh, I was born ready. I mean, I already know I'm not gonna date Nick, so everything's cool. Um, the Irish died because there weren't enough of these. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, major rock in Ireland. Stonehenge? <laughs> Shaking your head no is not helpful. Rock in Gibraltar? He's missed like four clues. No, I just paused it. Can I skip? There's no pausing in 25,000. Okay, but like, can I skip? No, we're just watching other people play. Okay, I know, but like, if this was real... Yes, you could have passed. What okay. was it? The Blarney Stone. Oh. No. That was a hard one, right? Yeah. Okay, pass. Um, an Irish dance. Jig. Um, blank star from SpongeBob SquarePants. What? He's a starfish. His name Patrick. Is, yeah. Um, Irish good. alcohol. Whiskey. A, um, Irish accent would be a... Brogue. Yeah. The capital of Ireland. Dublin. Nice. Nailed it. It's very Irish. It's all, <laughs> an all Irish guy. It wasn't all Irish guy. I think I'm Okay, the people who you are on trial and make a decision if you're guilty or innocent. Jury! Yes, I'm shooting a... Gun. It's like the MCU version. Oh, this is a show with Jack Klugman about a coroner. Blank Adams. Jack Adams. John Hatch Blank Adams. Adams. President John. McKinley? Quincy. Quincy. Yes. Um, I saw what happened. I'm an eye... Witness. I'm going to the um, police officers. I need to see somebody who's going to investigate ID. the crime. No, a name, like the badge name. They're uh, not a lieutenant, but a... Corporal? Mm-hmm. Captain. Detective. Det- oh, fucking hell. Sorry. <laughs> that was my fault. There were much better answers for that. Wherever she wrote, she's a detective of something. Like I did get Quincy. <laughs> Sweet potato. You did. I don't know why. Because you had a good clue. When why you were, like, you know Quincy When you were like John Blank oh. Adams, that was perfect. I was like, I don't know what Quincy is. <laughs> It was a show. Jack Cliff and we played the autopsy person. Um, you're the aortic pump within your Heart. chest. Uh, not a psychologist, but a... Psychiatrist. You take this every morning to help ward off Vitamin. illness. Um, a guy named John who's a trapper. It's Trapper John, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone who adjusts your spine. Chiropractor. Um, you're not jogging, it's faster. Running. Trapper John and Dean, great show. I don't know what that is. Same time as Quincy. I mean, this is obviously from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> we do have to do one bonus round. We don't have to do this all night. And then Emma could play once. She does like she wants to play. She does. Yeah. She does. I am playing. I'm just yeah. doing it quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Are you winning? Yeah. Okay, ready? Yeah. Focus in. Okay. Uh, the animals live in the... Jungle. No, at the zoo, at the farm, live in the barn. A man who gives you a shave is a blank of barber. Yes, at, at, outside we cook the food on a grill. 
but we're having barbecue. A, yeah. Um, I get this for less than it costs. I got such a sale deal. Um, uh, discount bargain bargain. Nice. Uh, <laughs> naked or nude. Uh, it's a makeup blank minerals. Bare minerals. Yes, a very low singing voice. Baritone. Yes, these are all bare things. Oh. Bargain would have come in to that one. Do they tell you that? Well, yeah, if we were listening to the show. But then we would have to... This is before you had remotes. So if we were wanting to listen, we'd have to get up and turn it. Oh, there's one more. Okay. Ah, ah. So we would just put it on mute and knock it up. Three to four. Look at the focus on Nick's face. Not salt, but... Pepper. Salt, 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 salt. Um, you'd use... you put your fingers together and use this measurement to Inch. dole out the... What'd you say? Inch? Pinch. Pinch, yeah. Um, fingers I'm fingers. so parched. I'm... Thirsty. Um, people die in these all the time because they're searching for minerals and they collapse. Gold mine. Without the gold. Mine. Um, fall, winter, spring, summer. Seasons. Uh, the technical term for salt... Sodium chloride. Sodium, yeah, perfect. We got it. We're just under the wire. <laughs> oh, here's the end game. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Okay. Um, a bulb, the sun. Um, things that are bright. Uh, things that give off heat. Things that illuminate. Yes. Oh, I'm Beelzebub, and I'm going to take you down to hell. Devils. Yes. Um, <laughs> elephant tusks, soap, pure Ivory. Soap. Yes. Mm-hmm. Burns, Hamilton, of the jungle, musicals. George. George. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ooh, a unicorn, a rhinoceros. Horned rhino. animals. Yes. Oh, your sneakers, your school books, your lunch. Things you bring to school. Your lunch for Schools later. Your nice. jacket. Uh, your... Things you leave on a bus. Backpack. Things you have on a bus. Uh, your combination lock. Oh, locker. In your locker? Yeah, you can't say yeah. lock. Um, all right. Yeah, you fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> she did great. You have so many things in your locker. You did amazing. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter. Julie Sunderland. And Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter. And... Frank! <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank! <laughs> we love you, Frank. I know. Hey, you guys want to listen to us play board games for an hour? <laughs> <laughs>